Hi, I'm Jimmy Alexander, and welcome to the first episode of Out with Jimmy. It's the podcast where members of the LGBTQ community share their coming out stories with you. And if you'd like to share yours, go to outwithjimmy.com and please like us and follow us on social media, Out With Jimmy, except for Instagram, Out With Jimmy Alexander. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and click subscribe on Out With Jimmy. Normally, I'll be the one asking questions here on Out With Jimmy, but this week I'm sharing my coming out story with you. So I've asked my good friend Stephanie Flax to be the Grand Inquisitor. I've known Stephanie so long, when I first met her, I was (laughs) dating women. This is true. That's a very long time. (laughs) And each week we're going to have the coming out cocktail. And this week is my favorite, champagne. So Stephanie, cheers. Cheers. The first time you said out loud, uh, I'm gay, or I'm bi in your case. And who was that to? Well... We have to go back a, a certain amount because um, with what happened to me, I didn't come out. I was outed. Like, outed so hard, uh, someone put the, their foot on the back of my ass and, and knocked me right out of the closet <laughs> is what happened with me. So I am not a smart man, and uh, for many years I dated women. Now, in the gay community, the LGBTQ community, I should say, bi's are they kind of look at bi people like roll their eyes like, sure, that's not a thing. But what happened with me was I was dating this girl that we worked with yes and that I worked with which is always smart <laughs> who is also I should uh, say aware that you and I are having this conversation yes, yes. during this um, which was tough because of all the people I had dated it to, until that point in my life she's the one I felt most connected with mm-hmm. she was funny mm-hmm. she was strong she was smart um, she introduced me to fine wine and beer. Um, (laughs) She's from Texas and she's tough. And um, I really loved her dearly. Uh, She was, it was first time in my adult life. I had a Christmas tree and it was because of her. We went um, with friends to a Christmas tree farm and cut down Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of my favorite Christmases ever. I'm Jewish, so tell me more about this. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine you got your own candle wax. Uh Never mind. But, so, but she went out of town, and I'd always had a friend here and there, but I told myself I'm not really gay. Well, I had a lot of excuses. One of them was my career, because for a long time, I, um, I'm a radio personality, and I was concerned that I wouldn't get the job if they knew the truth, mm-hmm. which I still believe to this day. When I was hired at a radio station in Washington, D.C., I would never have been hired, if they'd have known at the time I was gay. And so I'm still working at the same radio station. My girlfriend's working with me. She's out of town, actually out of the country. I'm having a like a party at my house. It was like for Super Bowl or WrestleMania or something like that. And a guy that we worked with, so who's gay, um, I said, what are you doing this weekend? And he said, well, um, nothing. I said, we well, should come over to my house for this party. And he goes, well, I live far away. And I'm like, well, you could, I have a guest room. You could stay at my house, you know, no problem on a Sunday. So he did. And he stayed over. And he uh, stayed over, if you know what I mean. Oh, we're picking up well, what okay. you're putting down. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought, because anytime I'd done anything like that before, I'd been with somebody who was in the closet. And there, it's like Fight Club. There is no Fight Club. There is no, nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's what it was like for me. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew I had a problem when we went to a restaurant together. And I had my hands on the table. And he reached across and tried to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. And I put my hand up like this, you know, like I was being mugged. And um, he said, wait a minute, we can do stuff at your house, but we can't hold hands in a restaurant? And I'm like, yes, exactly. That's what we cannot do. We cannot do anything in public. But that was because of where I was in my life. Well, one day, um, this is after my girlfriend got back in time, I called and she didn't answer the phone. And I called and she didn't answer. So I went over there. And when I got there, there were coworkers there with her. And the look that she gave me, I kind of knew what it was. The next day, uh, she called and she said, come over. And we met on the street. And she said, um, tell me about Stephen. And I said, well, he's a funny guy. And I knew what she meant. And she said, Jimmy, why can he describe your body? And I didn't know what to say. Did what any real man would do in that circumstance. I lied. And she said, Jimmy, you can lie to me, but you need to stop lying to yourself. And at that moment, I collapsed on my knees in front of her, and I wept. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm so fucked up. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I was paranoid uh, that everybody was going to know, and I had to tell uh, people. I had to get it out there. So first person I called was my aunt, who I'm very close with. And I called her, and I started crying, and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, there's something I have to tell you. And she's like, did you lose your job? I'm like, no, I'm gay. And she said, Jimmy, do you not think this is something your sisters and I have talked about in the past? And that did not make me feel better at the time. <laughs> um, and then the second person I called was Shelly Amar. Mm-hmm. In fact, not only did I tell her, I drove over to her house. I needed to be around people who I knew cared about me. And another woman, Carol, who we worked with, um, now, I called her. Not to interrupt you, but did you feel a sense of relief each no, time? No, it was horrible. It, it was, was horrible. I wanted no, Stephanie. It was ter- it was awful. Everything about it was awful. All I wanted to do was get in my car and drive far away and never come back. I wanted to go like to the Grand Canyon or go somewhere where no one knew me and never come back. I was so humiliated, and um, to this day. I still remember the look on, on her face. To this day, it haunts me. Your girlfriend's face. Yeah, my girlfriend's yes. face. Anytime, and for the years, anytime someone would say, oh, Jimmy, you're so nice, or you've done this, I would think, I'm not a good person. I heard her. The last time, um, I remember leaving her house. And um, she said, you know, why did you work so hard to win me over? I remember shutting that door, leaving, and hearing her crying. It's like, I just wanted to drive. I, want, I, wanted, I wanted to die. I mean, I literally, at the time, I want, not, to, not that I was going to commit suicide, but I just wanted it to be all over. I wanted it to be gone. I, I never wanted to face her again. I never, the, the, the person who I m- meant so much to me, um, that would hurt her in that way. And to see her like that, it was awful. Other than people dying in my life, that was 
the worst moment of my life because I hurt and betrayed somebody who meant the world to me. And to this day, if I see her, I feel gloom. And, and then not to her, but it's to me because I know I hurt her. And she is married now, happy, but it has everything to do with me and how I came up short as a human being. However, it, it was kind of a turning point for you, right? I look at it this way. It was the worst moment in my life, but it has led me the happiest time of my life. Now I'm married. Uh, I have a husband. I have a dog. I mean, it took a long time. I mean, that was, I came out or was outed in 2007. Yes. 12 years later at your wedding. Uh, I got married uh, about six months ago. I saw her, my ex-girlfriend, and she hugged me. And it meant the world to me. Probably have said this to many co-friends. Does she hate me? She hates me. She hates me. And the thing is, I think if you asked her and said, who is somebody in your life that no matter what, if you called him in the middle of the night, even where she lives now, would he help you? She knows that I would be in a car, in a train, in a plane, down to Texas to do whatever I could for her. And I should say, after that, um, I think she knew I was in a bad place. And she was very kind to me. And I'll never forget that. What are your feelings towards the person that outed you? Um, a lot of people show anger towards him uh, when I tell the story. But he's the reason I live the life I do now. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Um, was it cool at the time? No, I didn't look at it that way. But he gave me a sense of freedom that I would never would have had the guts to have myself. And I should say, Stephen has gone on to work for a, a business that does interventions for people with drug and alcohol issues. And he has helped countless people on their uh, path to sobriety. And he is doing what I believe is God's work. And you, I've heard this story many times, but it's one of my favorite stories is there's one person in particular you had a conversation with who oh. had, has had a tremendous influence on your life. And Well, what happened was I worked on a radio show um, called The Jack Diamond Show from 1997 till um, recently. I had to tell him that I was outed and that I'm gay. I wanted him to hear it from me, but not at work. So I called him and this is, you know, this is my world again is crashing down on me. And I know this may not sound dramatic to many of you who've gone through far worse than I have, but at the time of my life, it was awful. I called this man I worked with who is a mentor, like a father figure to me, uh, Jack Diamond. We meet at a restaurant, and I assume he thinks I'm probably telling him I'm leaving the show. Because it was like, I need to tell you this. This is very important. And I didn't tell him what it was. So we get to the restaurant, and we're sitting there, and I said, uh, you know how like some men like wine? And he's like, yes. And I said, you know, some men like beer. And he goes, yeah. And I said, you know, some men like pina coladas. And he goes, <laughs> yes. And I said, well, Stephen was my pina colada. And he looked at me and goes, hmm, well, James, he is a very pretty man. <laughs> And I'm like, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I looked at him with tears in my eyes, and I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I'm so humiliated. How do I walk in that building that I've worked for 10 years and face everybody? And he looked at me, and he says, James, everybody there loves you. And if they don't now, fuck them. 
And that was the first moment of my new life that I felt free. And that's what Jack Diamond did for me. And I'll never forget that. Well, let's back it up a little bit then. When did you first think that you, you might be gay? I knew early on that there was something going on. Maybe when I, we share this podcast, I'll share a video on uh, YouTube. There was a pro wrestler named The Exotic Adrian Street, and he was this British wrestler. And his it would be a wrestler. It would be, and his his um, gimmick was he was very flamboyant, almost like an Elton John. He was British, and I remember liking that character so much because I knew, and I wasn't attracted. It wasn't like I was attracted to him. It was just like I knew I liked that character. I was watching the TV show Dallas, which I loved, uh-huh. and there was a character who was playing a like a child therapist for J.R. and Sue Ellen's son. And it was Christopher Atkins. And every week he would be in a Speedo. And I'm like, I don't know what this is about, but I certainly like it. And that's when I know why. Uh, I like that too. I grew up in North Carolina. And you wanted to keep that stuff on the down low. And I did. Um, but there were times, you know, in um, high school that I had a friend who is one of the most brave people I knew. Uh, his name was Chip, and he did not care who knew he was gay. And he was unbelievably beautiful, unbelievably talented, a great guy. He was the first person I ever kissed. Let me rephrase that. First guy I ever kissed. And I remember seeing him not too long ago, and he was saying how many people have reached out to him and said that they were gay and that they were apologizing for how they may have treated him. And he said... Those cowards, now they come to me. And I thought, Stephanie, oh my God, I'm one of those cowards. Because he said to me one time, are you not brave enough to tell people who you are? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not brave at all. Of course, I grew up with a Phantom of the Opera poster over my bed. I don't know how people, <laughs> especially my mom, didn't know. Um, but yeah, he. I look at Chip McClure as somebody who, he was definitely a uh, somebody I looked up to, still do. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you mentioned you called your 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 aunt, but kind of the evolution of that, because you also have a very unique family structure. Yes, I have um, three brothers, two sisters, and we share different dads. I was the second marriage child, and most of my siblings, well, they're all older than I am, and my nephew, my nephews and niece, they're closer to my age than my siblings, and... It was hard for me to tell. I told um, my aunt, and then I told my niece, Allison, who I'm very close with. And then it just would happen like this. Um, two people in, in particular who meant a lot to me. I'm in the beach, and you know when you're in the ocean, you're caught. You're stuck. There's, you're, you're in this conversation. <laughs> yep. And my nephew, Brian, who's six years younger than I, he said that, he goes, Jim, we all know you're gay, but I love you, man. I just want you to be happy. And, of course, you're in the ocean rocking back and forth. You can't move. And I just said, thank you. It meant the world to me. And then my uh, cousin, Jeff, who uh, there isn't a gay joke he doesn't like. Um, <laughs> he, he wouldn't think of him as being the most progressive guy in the world. But we were at um, Capital One Arena watching a WWE event, I promise you, and it's a cage match. And naturally, 
it's around Christmas because ha- what better way to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior than a cage match? <laughs> and we're looking straight at the ring, and he goes, "Hey, why didn't you tell me?" I'm like, you know, you know, I knew what he meant, and I said, "I don't know what you're talking about." He goes, "Yeah, you do." He goes, "You're like a brother to me. I want you to be happy. I don't care." And that meant the world to me. Um, my mom, yes, my mom, interestingly, um, who she's from Connecticut, and her one of her best friends with this was this man in um, in North Carolina who was from Staten Island, New York, who was a banker, and he was an older man and he was gay, and it was her best friend. We were with him all the time, and I knew without a shadow of a doubt my mom would not have cared. For whatever reason, it was really tough to admit it to her. I don't know why. And I would think about ways to bring it up. So, Mom, I was going down on the sky the other day. No. But, <laughs> uh, but I never could tell her. And I talked to it with all my siblings, just not with her. So when I was working in Atlanta on a radio station there, we had an issue. And the issue was this. I told them that um, I was gay. And they're like, well, we know that. And I'm like, well, the audience won't know. And they're like, of course they'll know. And I'm like, they won't, they won't know unless I tell them. And this same thing happened over the weekend. So they had this perceptual where, you know, the two-way mirrors um, where the audience is listening to different things from the show and they tell you what you think of the personalities, the audience who's there. And they said, what do you think about Jimmy? And somebody said, oh, he's funny. And another said, oh, he makes me laugh. And the other one said, well, you can tell he's a poon hound. <laughs> well, that same night, I had gone out with this guy, and the guy um, was just, he was a model, and he was from D.C., and he was then living in Atlanta, and he reached out to me, and I'd never met him, and we went out and hung out, and I thought, I'm on a date with the hottest guy I've ever met in my life. And we're sitting outside, and all of a sudden, a motorcycle shows up, and it's a woman on the back of a motorcycle, and she looked like Angelina Jolie. I mean, she was beautiful. And she joins us, and I realize, oh, I'm not on a date. I'm meeting this guy and his girlfriend for dinner. (laughs) And I'm like, I need to be more clear. And so I called my mom on the air and told her. And it was was hard then. Uh, But how sad is that in my life that it was easier for me to go on the air and tell my mom this news than calling her on the phone or seeing her in person. So she, um, I said, you know, Mom, I'm gay. And she goes, Jim. I don't care. You're not in rehab. You're not in jail. You're just on the radio. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> so for mom, thank you. For Your that. mother was a character. I got. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of meeting her. Uh, that she, she was. Yes. But she, she didn't care. Um, the next during that time though, when she came to visit me, I was dating somebody, and he was a little younger than me. Um, a, a little. I said, I told her how old she was, and she goes, Jesus Christ, Jim. <laughs> but then she met him, and she really liked him, and he was. It sounds to me, aside from the initial outing, um, you've had people react generally very positively to yes. business, despite your kind of crippling fear Yeah. Uh, for the opposite. Was there anybody whose reaction um, you weren't well, into? <laughs> I had a friend who is very religious, and I don't mean that as a negative, um, that gave me tapes on how to pray the gay away. Mm. And I realized recently that she defriended me on Facebook and Instagram and all that yeah. stuff. I was like, okay, um, but no, I've been. It's been really positive for me because um, I was really in fear that um, listeners would 
be turned off and not feel comfortable listening to the show anymore because of it. But what I had was the complete opposite. People reached out and said, thank you, because, you know, you can say, well, you know, 10% of the country is gay or 11%. But what you have to realize is that 10 or 11% have mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and cousins, and it means a lot to them. And that's what I've heard from are people who have only been positive about it. Well, given your story, if you could go back and do it all over again, do you, mm. I mean, do you, are you the type of person that has regrets or? Oh, or? yes. Okay. Well, in, another regret is this because, and this was painful recently, uh, I ran into one of my ex-girlfriends. And it's an ex-girlfriend who I've not seen since I started dating guys. And then I felt like I needed to tell her, hey, just because I'm dating guys now doesn't mean that what we had was fake to me or wasn't real. It was. And, um, in fact, I sent a message to somebody on uh, Instagram because that's where you really want to delve into deep sure. feelings is Instagram. Slide into their DMs. I mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I did. And I and it was so weirdly worded by me. And I think mm-hmm. she appreciated what I was saying because – I would never allow myself to get in relationships with somebody that I didn't really genuinely care for or was attracted to. And it's hard because I haven't seen them to, you know, and I don't know if they even, A, want to be told that or B, care. But to me, it was something. Because there was a girl in high school who um, who stayed a friend my whole life. And, you know, she described us once as soulmates. And I always tell my husband now that one day this girl may show up and if, if she does then we're going to have to make room in our house for Sarah. (laughs) So um, those were not made-up moments in my life or just to fit in. They were real, genuine love. And a lot of times that gets um, kind of poo-pooed by people who don't believe in someone actually being bi. Is that how you identify yourself? I always say a gay guy because I think I do this to make straight people laugh. I will make fun of myself and it will make them feel comfortable. I'm like, well, you know, I'm the gay guy. What do I know? It's funnier than, hey, I'm the bi guy. Um, but I would say I'm bi, um, but I would never, but I live as a gay guy because now I'm married. I don't know if my husband would really appreciate me bringing women home. <laughs> well, you are recently married. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I will. Cheers. Well, we'll cheers to that. Did you ever in a million years thought you would A, be married? I mean, I know you've been engaged before yeah. and, and you talk a little bit about that. Um, but that you would really be living this very conventional life as a married man. You have a dog. I mean, come we on. are one white picket fence away, yeah. away from the American dream. No, I never thought because my joke would always be, why ruin a great friendship when you get married? Um, <laughs> no, I am so happy and so lucky. I met this guy. He's a nurse and he's just been the most wonderful influence in my life. Growing up in North Carolina, I never thought I'd get married. Jeez, you know, people go, I host these uh, pride proms now. Mm-hmm. And it means so much to me to see these kids just being who they want to be, who being who they are, and not afraid of um, being bullied or being um, made fun of. And I would never have thought about bringing a guy to prom with me. I mean, I would have been scared what everybody would have said or being beaten up or, well, I wanted to go with Sarah. So I would never have gone with a guy, but it never in my life thought it would be an opportunity for me to be married. I should tell you about when I first came to D.C. There was a time I went to this gay club, and I go to the door, 
And the bouncer says, hey, aren't you Jimmy Alexander? The Jack Diamond Show. <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, that ain't me. And I turned around and left. And I was scared. I was scared to death. I was scared to death that there'd be other radio shows that would out me. I mean, that was another fear after the thing when I was outed. I was scared that they were going to talk about another radio show and just be humiliated before I could talk to my family about it. I was in constant, constant fear that people would find out. I'm sure there are many people listening to this who are struggling, living in, in this fear. What would you say to those people? I understand when you feel hopeless. I understand that you feel like every person in your life is going to desert you or judge you. But the clarity that comes with being your true self, the happiness that comes from not worrying about being found out constantly. The grass is greener on this side. I would always say, Stephanie, that, you know, I, yeah, okay, I am, I'm gay, but I'm not going to go to a, you're not going to see me at any f- parades. And then I went to the first pride parade and you get choked up when you see the P flag families and just how happy everybody is. Life's too short not to be happy. I guess my advice to them would be find that one friend, find that one relative that you can trust and tell them. And you will feel so much better. You don't have to do it all at once. And that's another thing I tell uh, people, you know, when they're upset with their parents because their parents aren't understanding. I'm like, well, think of how long you struggled with coming out. Months, years. Well, you expect your parents to understand immediately. Sometimes it takes them a while, too. So be understanding with that. One segment you wanted to do for this show is, is um, or this podcast, is kind of basically like dumb stuff that straight people yeah. say. And so I, I just tr- thought this yeah. was great. And I thought it was actually very enlightening for me because sometimes you say things, you're trying to make somebody feel better. Yes. And instead you sound ridiculous. Silly, and, straight silly, people comments. Yes. If you have a friend who's gay and they come out to you, please don't say, I knew you were gay. Don't say that. Gay people hate that. Uh, <laughs> another one is I have the perfect person for you. Just because... Somebody may also be a gay or lesbian or trans. Doesn't mean that we're all going to like each other or be attracted to each other. You all know each other. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we all, yeah. Another one is shopping, that they all think you're going to go shop. We're going to be shopping buddies. Like, <laughs> NTG, baby, not that gay. That's one. That's actually my, uh, my mom's favorite Jimmyism is the NTG. Yeah, yes. Not that gay. Yes. And I don't mean that as a negative. If you are that gay, that's good for you. But I think the point is, is that just like, Every, everybody is unique. Everybody has their own likes and dislikes. Yes, it would be like just saying every Jewish person likes matzo ball soup. Well, that's actually usually the case. But mm-hmm. yes, I see what you're. I see where you're going with that's that. A, okay, or yes. Kugel. How's that? Sure. Yeah, that could be a little bit more polarizing. Uh, okay. Gefilte fish is definitely <laughs> oh. polarizing. Given that this is our first episode, mm-hmm. why do you want to do this? A friend of mine told me this story, and it broke my heart. A guy, college-age guy, tells his parents that he was gay. And I can't imagine how hard that is. I couldn't even do it to their face. I did that with my mom through the radio. But he goes and tells his parents that he's gay. And they look at him and tell him, well, tomorrow you're going to have to leave the house and we're not going to pay for your college. The next day, he goes back to them. And he goes, "Mm, I think it's just a phase. I'm not really gay. And that was the most depressing story to me because it wasn't, in some remote little town. It was in Pennsylvania. 
And I thought, oh, my God, the freedom that I felt when I came out was so wonderful. To finally feel the sunshine hit your face, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And that this poor kid now is having to pretend to be straight so his parents don't kick him out of the house and not pay for college. And that made me think, hmm, we need to do something about that. Because I'm sure there are parents who may be listening right now. And that was my goal, is to have this Mm -hmm. as a way to hear different stories. Just so you know you're not alone. When so many people are in the closet, you don't know anybody gay. And then you feel like you're all alone. And you're not alone. There's tons of us. Tons. Just go to a a state sale or antiquing. You'll find (laughs) us. We're right there. I'm a big believer in you don't get rid of people in your life. And I know there may be a lot of parents out there or a lot of uh, you who've had to get rid of your parents because they don't accept you for who you are. We got to do something about that because... You never know when the last time you'll be able to tell someone you love them. Thank you, Stephanie. And I want to thank Julie Ziegler and WTOP for allowing us to record in your beautiful studios. And I want to thank you for taking time and listening to the first episode here of Out With Jimmy. You know, the purpose is to make sure if you're deep inside that closet to know you are not alone and it does get better. Follow us on social media, Out With Jimmy. If you want to share your story, go to outwithjimmy.com. The full video is on Out With Jimmy on YouTube. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and click subscribe, because next week we're going to find out if a son of a missionary who was homeschooled and works at Chick-fil-A can be happy and gay. That's because Justin Lewis will be out with Jimmy. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home.